As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get to Know Your Wedding Pro. I'm Reed with Best Made Videos. We are a video production company based out of West Seattle, Washington. We do wedding videography, corporate videography, and film basically any other live event that you might have. And today I'm here with a very special guest, Alan Chitlick of Puget Sound DJ. And Alan is a dear friend of mine. And Alan, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, you did such a great job. I'm Alan Chitlick of Puget Sound DJ, and I am indeed Reed's friend, and I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. And uh, Alan, we go way back. Uh, you actually was were my DJ for my own wedding. And uh, how was that experience? <laughs> it was great. It was great. I, uh, you know, it was fun to get to know you professionally, and then get to know Dorothy, your now wife, from the standpoint of all the wedding planning. And so I wanted to bring Alan on here today uh, to help launch this podcast in our new interview series, um, A, because he is a friend and I think he's somebody that's very talented and somebody whose work that I stand by. But B, I do think Alan has a very interesting story and one that I think um, would really translate well to kind of this long form interview series of podcasts that we're doing. Um, first off, Alan, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, what is Puget Sound DJ and what do you guys do? So I am a sole proprietor and Puget Sound DJ is basically my company name. So when I work with a couple, it is me. And that's important for couples to know. There are some DJ companies that are literally that, and they've got multiple DJs uh, that you may or may not meet, you may or may not develop a relationship with. And that's fine for some people. For some people who want to have a partner by their side and know who that partner is, that can be one of the benefits of going with more of a sole proprietor, standalone DJ. And when people talk about, you know, a DJ versus an MC or, you know, I think a lot of people kind of intersperse those words. Can you give a little bit of background of like, what do you do as a DJ? What do you do as a master of ceremony? That's a great question. So I, I think when most people are starting to plan their wedding, they think of DJ and they think of music. They're like, okay, this DJ is going to help me 
play music and people are going to dance. And then as you get a little bit more into it, you realize that there's a lot more to it and a lot going on. And, and in my opinion, the role of an MC is so critical to your whole day where you want to make sure your guests know what's going on and that they're engaged with you and your story as a couple. So I think that it's important to evaluate as you look for a DJ for somebody who you feel confident in both of those skills. Yeah, I see a lot of people post or are frequently asking about, you know, just simply playing music at a ceremony, you know, what's the best iPod setup or what's the best way? Is this possible? I mean, what do you tell people or what do you think, uh, you know, what advice would you have for people that maybe think that they don't necessarily need that? I think that you have two distinct areas in most case. You've got a reception area where Usually you will eat and then you will celebrate and then you've got your ceremony area. And for me, the ceremony is really the heart of your day. It, it, it is why you are pledging yourself to this person and, and, and you want to make this very public and it's nice when couples can be heard and when their vows come through and usually... If there's a bride in the wedding, they have selected a song to come down the aisle to that's meaningful to them. And so you really want someone who can make sure that all of that happens appropriately. Um, so that for ceremony sound, in my case, I set up a whole separate sound system and I have the music there, I have a microphone, usually on the officiant and the groom, and I have several sources for the music just to make sure I've got a backup, because I think that ceremony is very important. And I think every couple's got to under, figure out what their values are and what their priorities are. And for some couples, that's not going to be that important, and that's great. But for others who are, then it's very legitimate to ask your DJ or however else you're going to get your ceremony amplified, figure that out. Perfect. So uh, nowadays you focus mostly exclusively on weddings. I'm sure you guys do other live events as well. Um, what uh, I, I want to go back now and, and talk about kind of where you got your start and I guess what were you doing before you got into being a wedding DJ? Sure. Well, I, I'm going to take you all the way back. I, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. And my dad was a pharmacist, and he was a pharmacist in an era where the men did one thing their whole life. And literally, I saw him come home from work almost every day, and it was the same for him. You know, virtually every day, he was counting out the prescriptions, and he was giving advice to the, the patients about how to take the medicine and things like that. But I really felt like he was bored. And so one of the lessons that I always took from that was that I wanted to do something that was different every day and that had a different set of challenges. And so in my, my first career, actually, out of college, I was a newspaper reporter. And I can hardly even tell you how much change there is in that. One day you might be covering a trial. One day you might be covering a county fair. One may you, day you may be covering... Uh, a company being bought or something like that. But it really 
caused me to ha- have that experience where it was always different. And I, and I just, I loved that so much. And, and probably one of the things that I still draw upon from those days is an ability to listen. Because as a good reporter, you have to understand what the people are telling you so that you can communicate that. And when I work with a couple now, I really focus on what they are telling me as well. So I love personalizing weddings. I love figuring out what is it that makes this couple tick and how can we present that? So I do take the time to listen. And sometimes I'll keep asking questions and just to try and find out what is it that's going to make this evening unique and different and not some sort of cookie cutter wedding? My travels eventually took me to Seattle where I worked in the corporate world for a while at what we sometimes would call the Redmond software giant. And some of what I did there involved uh, doing different presentations and things like that. So I would literally be on the road and be doing demonstrations of Microsoft products. And I even had one event where Steve Ballmer and I shared the stage. And what that gave me was a pretty strong confidence in my ability to be in front of a crowd and gather people's attention and communicate what I needed to communicate. And I think those presentation skills are so helpful to me today. When you have a wedding DJ, you want them to be able to communicate with all your guests and let them know what's going on. I mean, there are times where I'll hear back, I never knew the cake cutting was taking place. And You want somebody, as a couple, you want somebody who's going to give the guests all the information that they need so that they understand everything that's happening. I I enjoy introducing a wedding party so that the guests know who are these people so important that they're standing up with this couple on their wedding day. Like To me, that's important. I absolutely introduce everybody who's giving a toast and try to get the guests in a frame of mind to understand why is this person so important to the couple and to pay attention to them. So there's elements in that background of my Microsoft years that really still come into play every wedding I do. I I will really uh, echo that sentiment of of your organization and kind of knowing, um, you know, making sure that you introduce specific people. I mean, as a videographer, I don't know how many weddings I go to where, like we're getting ready for the entrance and the DJ is with the mother of the bride. Like, okay, now who's coming up next? Or, you know, before the toast, like, okay, well, how many toasts? And, you know, like for our wedding, you know, you were instrumental, you know, along the way with making sure that we knew, okay, well, who are the people that are going to toast? Why are these people toasting? You know, when should the toast happen? All those sorts of things. So, uh, I mean, I definitely agree that, you know, you need to have somebody more than just, you know, hit and play on the, you know, iPod or whatever, that somebody that's really working with um, you in terms of kind of who's important for your day. Uh, Going back to um, when you were a newspaper reporter, do you feel like that got you used to maybe a little bit more of the organized chaos that is a wedding today? Do you think that that made you really good on your feet in terms of knowing, you know, being adaptable or how, what skills did you learn back then that, you know, you still translate now? 
I would definitely say organization is important for a DJ and really your whole wedding team. I think you want to, to find people who, who have that in their background. But yes, in, in, as a reporter, you're often, even just on a single story, you're trying to gather different sources of information and bring it all together in a way that makes sense to everybody. And, you know, in the same way, I might go to a couple's wedding website, I might chat with some of the people in their wedding party or their parents or things like that to really, really, really fully understand who they are and what their relationship is all about. And that way, when I introduce them into the reception, I can make sure that I have all the nuances and all the things that really help tell their story. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, when we were planning our wedding and and a lot of the questionnaires and other things that, you know, you had us fill out. And I think that research that you did, I think really did help, you know, when we had our grand entrance and you were able to give a story, you know, about the proposal. And I do think it makes the, you know, the audience or the people that are there, the guests really feel like you're connected to kind of what's going on, um, that you are more than just somebody that's kind of in the corner. I mean, do you think that that's important? And obviously you do, but why do you think that's so important? Well, for me, the really rich reward of this job is to work with a couple and and get to know them and help them get the wedding that they want. Not just play good music and create a dance party, but really understand at a very fundamental level uh, what makes what makes them tick and what do they want from their wedding and try and help them get that. And I think the only way you can do that is to have this personal relationship. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I, I learned once about a DJ company in town that trained their DJs to say bride and groom all the time. And the reason they trained their DJs to say bride and groom all the time is in case you forgot then you wouldn't be on the spot. And I want to tell you, you know, if you say, now I'd like to welcome the bride and groom for their first dance, that is way less impactful, ladies and gentlemen, for their first dance, Dorothy and Reed. You know, and so I get to know all of my couples, and I'm not going to forget any of their names. Um and so to me, that's that, that level of personal relationship is really important and it helps make the career quite satisfying. And I think from a couple's standpoint, knowing that somebody is going to take the time to get to know you and have your back, boy, that can just give you a lot of confidence on your wedding day. So going back to when you were working at Microsoft, um, were you fulfilled there? Were you happy? I mean, what, why, why aren't you still doing that today, I guess? It was, a, it was a corporate job that was fine for a while, uh, but I, I never intended to stay in the corporate world forever. And what had happened for me, I was always that music guy. I had... I'm almost ashamed to admit, 2,000 CDs um, used to go to all sorts of concerts and things like that. And so um, my friend Annie called me on a Wednesday 
and said, hey, Alan, my, my DJ just bailed. Can you DJ my wedding? Ooh. Yes, Annie, I can. Um, and, I, and I went, and she had a very clear idea of what music she wanted to hear, and it was in an era where it was mostly about the music then. Um, I don't think I did introduce the people who were giving toasts or whatever. But um, I really enjoyed it, and I was so happy for her that it went well. And then I, I ended up just sort of starting to DJ for some of my work friends. I was in a department where lots of people were in their 20s and getting married. And so it was very obvious to them, hey, Alan's going to DJ our wedding. And I, I really came to enjoy it. I mean, did you have the equipment or, I mean, how did you, it's not a simple feat, you know, to, to DJ a wedding like that. In my early days, I would rent. And I, I, that, that was my, my quote unquote fee uh, for those friends was I asked them to reimburse me. But then as I started doing it more, I started buying more and more equipment. And over the years, especially as I went full time and committed myself to it, uh, I have found that having good equipment and having backup equipment can make a lot of difference. Uh, I think in particular, having good speakers and good microphones will help everybody hear everything. And when somebody gives a toast, you want to hear that inflection in their voice. And if if it's the ceremony and the groom is getting emotional and his voice is cracking during the vows, you want to hear that. Like those are big moments. And so over the years, I've definitely upgraded all my equipment and have a <laughs> big garage full of it. Um, so then how did that final transition work, uh, when you decided to kind of take the leap full, full time, how, was that a scary decision? Were you sure? Or how, how did that come? I think anytime that you, that you dive into the unknown, uh, it can be a little bit scary, but my, my wife was still working at a, another corporate job. And so we had that and, um, I just really, really, really knew that this was something that was going to be fulfilling for me. And it's just exceeded all my expectations. Yeah. So, and I probably should have prefaced with you are married. Uh, you guys have an amazing family. Did you guys have kids at the time when you were starting out or, or uh, how? I had, I had DJed weddings uh, many years prior to uh, us getting married or us get, uh, having our twins. Um but it's also a field that is great for me in my family situation where I get to be with my kids mostly during the week. You know, I get to take them to school, get to pick them up. And most of my work is evening meetings and events on weekends. And so we never had to have daycare. And I I have, it's, it's worked out great. And honestly, at their school, uh, I was a pretty cool dad. Um, you know, if I had still been at Microsoft and been uh, going to school, like that's not uncommon in this area. But at their school, their, their elementary school, being the, the DJ was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, that's awesome. That's really funny to think about. Um, so now you're, you know, you're PGSN DJ, you're doing DJs, you know, you're, you're DJing weddings full time. Um, uh, was it an immediate success or what did it 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Start slow. I mean, I joked with Dorothy when, when I was doing my interview that, you know, after I took the leap and quit my job, um, there were a lot of really long dog walks and a lot of really, a lot of time I spent volunteering at school trying to fill my time. What was it like uh, when, you, when you quit uh, your corporate job? Well, I would say for me, I, I knew pretty early on that if I was going to do this, that I, would, that I wanted to do it well. And one of the challenges in a field like DJing and maybe videography as well is that you are doing it alone. You're, you're, you're not in an office environment where you can talk to 10 people who just do the same thing you do. So... I completely embraced training and education. I went to the National DJ Conference for many years in a row. Um, any resource I could get my hands on in terms of uh, training DVDs. And, and I would travel all over the country for workshops, which are usually six to eight people. And you get up in front of the other students in the workshop, you are being videotaped, and the instructor says, okay, how would you introduce this mother-son dance? And then you show how you might do it, uh, and then you get critiqued on it. No, I didn't believe you. You didn't have a lot of emotion. I mean, it, it, it's pretty intense, but it really helps you understand more about your role and makes you able to do it so much better. So, I, I committed myself to a lot of those kind of things. So it, it, it really helped me elevate my skill level quite a bit. That's absolutely fascinating. I would never even think that that sort of thing exists. What were some of the biggest lessons that you learned from that or, or best advice that they gave you or takeaways? I think that when I first started, before I went to my first workshop, I had a fear of not getting in the way as an MC, uh, you know, because there is a reputation of DJs sort of being t too much of a clown or 
feeling too desperate or not. And I never, ever, ever wanted to be that guy, right? Oh my God, that DJ was so annoying. So I probably back in that era was too quiet and, and, and I didn't do enough. But as I took workshops, I learned the importance of being a good, skilled MC because at, with that capability, you can really enhance the reception for people. You can really let everybody know what's going on. You can really represent that couple on the mic. So it gave me a lot more confidence to take some control. One of the lessons, though, that I learned is that every time you speak on the mic, you are inviting every guest to pause their conversations. So every time you get on the mic, you're interrupting. And so you really, really, really want to only interrupt for something important. And I take that to heed. So for instance, if I'm in charge of sending people to the buffet, I would never get on the mic and say, table seven, table seven, please, your turn has arrived because you've just interrupted tables one through six and eight through whatever for information that means nothing to them. So if I'm going to do it low key, I'll actually go from table to table and just physically say, oh, all right, you're in invited to the buffet now. Uh, there is something else that I enjoy doing if the couple likes it, where I, I will actually be on the microphone armed with questions uh, about the couple. And I'll invite the people at the table to try to, to give me the correct answer. And, and maybe it's, what is the name of Dorothy and Reed's dog? And if they get the question right, the rules are they get to go to the buffet. And if they get it wrong, they have to point to another table and send them to a buffet. Um, and so usually I'll try and help them out. Nobody wants, nobody wants to sit there with their arms folded and not get to go. But th that does a couple of things. In, in my opinion, it, it does allow for a smooth eating experience where you get people through the buffet, but not everybody goes at once. But it also helps give more of the couple's personality and their story to the day. And especially if you've got good questions, you might walk away as a guest having just heard 15 new things or maybe th things that you didn't know about well, that couple. And also I would say, and you did that at our wedding and, and we really enjoyed that. I mean, I think also it just kind of kills the boredom. I mean, there's nothing worse if you're a guest at, you know, table 19 or whatever, waiting 20 minutes to go up to the buffet. Yeah. And I do think that like weddings are really supposed to be fun and entertaining. And that's what... Um, we liked about you know what you did with not only our um, our grand entrance and the story and, and weaving that, uh, but also you know yeah the introduction you know to the buffet and the trivia game. I mean, if we're hiring you to be a DJ, right? I mean, we want the entertainment and the fun. And I think any of those little moments where you can intersperse that fun and your personality, I think kind of just adds to that overall package, right? In terms of like who you are and what you're selling, besides you know, your expertise and the equipment, but the personality and kind of those little touches, I think are really nice. Yeah. I just think that's fascinating. I had no idea that you would go into a room. Like we don't, I, I suppose there are 
places. Well, now on Facebook, I guess there is, but you know, you can post wedding videos and ask for critiques and I'm probably too thin skinned to, uh, to, to participate in that. But I couldn't imagine, you know, like putting up a screen and showing my wedding video in front of, you know, 15 or 20 other people and then, you know, being braided. So, I mean, I just think that's fascinating that that's something that you went through. Well, one thing that almost nobody would would realize is that in the world of wedding DJs, regular people like myself can actually train with the best DJs in the country because that's part of what satisfaction they get from their job is offering workshops. So there's a fellow named Mark Farrell who introduced a lot of the personalization that happens at many of the good weddings these days. And, and I sort of think of him as the, the Babe Ruth of wedding DJs, is like the best that ever was. And what he does now is these workshops. And it is so inspiring to get to go work with someone like that. And, and there's m- many of the other most prominent n- national DJs that present at these conferences also offer workshops. So it's it's great access. And, and I don't know of any other field. If I was a surgeon, I don't know that I would necessarily get to train with the country's best surgeons. If I was a plumber, I don't know that, I don't know who the best plumber is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I did, um, I don't know that that would necessarily be available. When you, so you mentioned Mark Farrell, um, about him or another DJ, I mean, I guess what, what is, uh, some traits that they have that you find in, you know, that you emulate or that you want to, to, you know, that inspires you, I guess that you would put him above, you know, a crowded field of, you know, wedding professional DJs. I would say the, the, the thing that some of these DJs would have that would set them apart is just sort of the results that, that, that when they work a reception, that it's it's going to be very personal for that couple. It's going to run quite smoothly. And hopefully you're going to see some things or hear some things that you've never heard before as a guest. Um, from a personal level, what I have observed is a lot of heart. That, that these people um, just care immensely about their couples. And one thing Mark always says... At a, at a wedding, everything is a big deal. The toast is a big deal. The cake cutting is a big deal. The the garter toss is a big deal, like everything. And so you really want to understand some of the reasons behind the traditions. You want to understand what motivations a couple has for wanting to do something or not wanting to do something. And I, I, I personally find it very rewarding to just give a couple my all, you know, and, and really dedicate myself to them. Um, and then at the end of the night, hopefully they, they hug me and they say, Alan, my God, that's exactly what we wanted. Um, I think that's really interesting. I think, um, I, I deal with that a lot in terms of where we do corporate videos and wedding videos. And I think that, uh, a lot of people, you know, hear weddings or like the garter or the cake and, um, or even a lot of, I think like older generation, like my neighbor thinks like, oh, what, you know, why is it such a big deal? And why are we putting all this time and energy and money, um, you know, into weddings now when, you know, well that you could, 
put the down payment on a house or you could buy yeah. a car. And uh, I'm generally curious to know, like, what are your thoughts about sometimes that cynicism? I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, but that people might have or like, well, who cares about like cutting the cake or why is that? What, how do you uh, combat that or how do you educate that or what are your thoughts on that? I guess big picture, I, I believe that every couple needs to decide their priorities and decide how important is the wedding to them. And for many couples, the... The maybe it's not for other couples, maybe it is. And then within the idea of deciding about how important the wedding is, then what are your priorities? Is it decor? Do you want it to look a certain way? Is it the food? Uh, is it an unlimited bar? Is it guests staying and celebrating to the end of the night? What exactly is it that are your priorities? And then that can really help inform how you select a team. There's very few people I know that have unlimited budgets for weddings. So it's all a process of prioritizing what's important to you and what you really want. And then at a specific micro level, I guess, on the actual wedding, um, I think there are things that come and go and that feel dated. I, I, I would say I probably do bouquet and garter at half-ish weddings that I do, and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to really go through with each couple and figure out what what feels authentic to you what feels like you and what doesn't and we we scrap the stuff uh, that that doesn't but do you ever feel like um and 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 I don't anymore uh because I'm really happy with you know kind of our decision to really focus a lot on weddings but like I know that like some corporate clients look at, you know, weddings and they're like, oh, well, that's not like a real videographer. You know, we need a corporate videographer or we need, I mean, like, do you ever like hear that sort of thing about like, oh, like weddings, like, well, that's not a, it's not any more valuable or that's not as challenging as like, you know, being an MC for like a fashion show or something might be, like, do you deal with, cause I mean, I, I've heard that a lot over the years and like, I'm really comfortable now with what we do and I'm happy that we, you know, I'm a big fan of like building your own hype in your life. And like, you know, like Dorothy and I went to Las Vegas and saw <laughs> there's some hype for you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, Dorothy and I went to Vegas to go see a magic show uh, a couple months ago, Chris Angel. And, you know, I really was really excited and really made it a big deal. And Dorothy, you know, was like, I think her friends were like, well, like, what is like the deal with this? And I'm like, you, if you can't make your own hype, you know, for things that you're excited about, um, you know, then what's the point? And that's kind of how I feel about weddings now. Like, man, you know, if you want to do two people on the mountaintop and that's awesome. And if you want to have, you know, ice sculptures at the Fairmont, uh, but I mean, do you ever deal with that? Or, I mean, is that resonating kind of what I'm saying? Do you, do you get that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think in the DJ world, sort of the equivalent is what events you might specialize in. So for some people, uh, school dances are an option. 
um, for me, school dances require a real focus on lights and subwoofers and uh, and things like that that are not really my area of focus. I mean, my focus is on that that relationship and trying to help a couple get what they want. So I, I am super comfortable at how my career has evolved and I wouldn't have it any other way. I do get that there's plenty of um, there are club DJs, for instance, who can go out and they can do some amazing mixing and scratching and things like that. Um, and, and that's their passion. And they don't really like weddings necessarily because of all the other stuff that you need to be conversant in as a wedding DJ, whereas I wouldn't particularly be comfortable up on stage at a nightclub, just pounding it out. Um, in terms of uh, the actual wedding day itself, you know, people say like, well, you know, it's just one day. Uh, how important do you think the wedding day is in terms of that life of a couple? I, nobody forgets their wedding day. And I think most people, when they look back, will cite their wedding day and the birth of any children as some of the biggest highlights for them. So I think for most couples, it ranks right up there. And it's and it's worth um, making sure you have a day that feels authentic to you. And that authentic can mean... 10 people on a beach in West Seattle, or it can mean, as you were describing before, you know, it can mean 300 of your closest friends at the most luxury hotel or whatever it is for you. Tell me about your wedding day. We, um, we had a mantra, uh, no hard choices as we were doing our planning because it, it can really be, um, it can be a lot uh, as you plan a wedding and it's like, oh, do we invite Uncle Jim or do we invite this coworker or that kind of thing? So we we had it at the Seattle Design Center um, and we did the ceremony there and the reception there. And that was that was important to us because we didn't want to lose that that travel time. Um, we just I, I still look back and it was such a blast to look out and see all those people from different jobs that we've had, from different colleges that we went to. And my wife has a big family. And, you know, we we took a big group photo at the end, which I think is a brilliant idea. And I encourage everybody to do that. Um, but so we, we take this group photo and, you know, in the front row... Uh, there's one of Sarah's cousins. I guess he would have been about 12-ish or so at the time. And 12 years later, I DJed his wedding. Uh, so it's just, it, it's kind of fun to think back on all the people uh, who were there. And, and we had a blast. Um, and we did invest in videography because we're smart. Uh, this commercial plug for Best Made Videos brought to you by Alan Chitlick. Um, and uh, what else should I tell you? Uh, it, was, it was a blast. 
Uh, is the Seattle Design Center? That's the one that's down in Soto, right? Uh, I think I did a Seattle Bride magazine event there. It's like the two as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Two floors, right? Yeah. Honestly, it, during the week, it is a high-end uh, fashion mall where, uh, you know, interior designers go and they have a, a lot of that. But it has a big, wide open sort of courtyardish area in the middle, which was perfect for us because we needed space for people to to be able to spread out and things like that. And in terms of the DJ that you guys had, because I know that like if you talk with a lot of, I just worked with the photography uh, a couple a couple weekends ago and they had just started doing photography and it was because like they had such a terrible, you know, photographer at their wedding or there's a lot of video companies that do videos now because they didn't have a videographer. Did you guys have a good experience? We did hire a DJ who we thought was about as high end as we could find. I mean, I had done, I don't know, maybe a dozen weddings by then. Um, so we definitely felt like it was important. And my, my, the, the story that I, that I'm reminded about him, um, was that during our ceremony, there was a point at which my wife had a friend do a reading and she was up on this podium lectern thing and he wasn't paying very much attention. So he never, he didn't turn that microphone on. And everybody was kind of looking around and we were like, well, what, what are we going to do? What, what? And, and so I literally went over to her and because I had a working lapel mic uh, on my tux, uh, she was able to read her reading into my microphone and it worked. And in retrospect, that was totally a highlight and it made for a great moment on our video. Um, but uh, I, I, I guess I would say, he was adequate, um, but uh, it definitely helped set a bar that I hoped to uh, exceed. Do you think that um, now being married and having a family and kids, um, 
with, after Dorothy and I got married, I felt like that made me a better wedding, you know, professional. Do you think that having gone through that process makes you better at what you do now than you were before, regardless of the number of wedding, you know, obviously you've done more since being married than before. Absolutely. I, I think there's a couple of things there. One is that I enjoy the dynamic of working with an engaged couple because they are generally starting to get into a range where the decisions that they make are more complex and more substantial. When you are dating, your decisions are mostly, where do you want to eat? What movie do you want to see? Do you want to take a vacation? Um, but then you get engaged and it gets real. Do you know, do you want to get married indoors or outdoors? Do you want to get married religiously or not religiously? Um, do you want to elope? You know, do, do you want to invite Uncle Jed? Uh, or do you want to, you know, those are the kind of things that you have to start thinking about. And so I enjoy working with couples and sort of hearing the dynamics between them about how they're figuring all those out. Um, and gosh, virtually every ceremony I ever do, I think about my wife, you know, and that, to me, that's one of the, the great things about weddings is that you are invited to contemplate and recharge your own relationship batteries. And, um, so I think if for a good ceremony or even good toasts, uh, guests usually do that as well. So how fun is that for me to, to go back and try and be a better husband the next day? Uh, I, I totally echo that sentiment that, um, as somebody that I think had done two or three years of weddings, you know, before I got married, I really didn't get like the groom's emo emotions. Like I didn't get a lot of that. I mean, obviously we're there to work and, you know, you know, it's important, but, um, as somebody that, you know, broke down and like sobbed walking down the aisle on my wedding day, like immediately afterward, like that switch totally flipped. Yeah. And I remember that, um, my friend, uh, Dominic got married, uh, last year and like, you know, we're filming and she, his wife, Brooke started giving her vows and like, I'm like legit, like sobbing, like in the aisle, you know, and that never, like I could even cry like now, like thinking about it, but that, um, never would have happened before. And I think that, you know, now being able to commit or, uh, connect, I think, and, and you probably feel the same way, like really connect with like, if the guy is nervous or if the girl's nervous or if, you know, they don't care about something or they do really care about something. I think that you can kind of empathize with that. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, Talking now just kind of about day-to-day -day in terms of doing weddings, um, do you have kind of a favorite part of the day? I mean, you talk about the ceremony a lot and the love. Is that where you think that, you know, if you had to kind of pinpoint what is your favorite 10 minutes of your day? Or is it, meet, you know, uh, or is it like meeting the couple before me? I guess what is your favorite part of your job? I, I think that it can really vary depending on the couple, and I can never predict uh, when it's going to come about. Um, certainly a beautiful ceremony is great. Um, I like it when people enjoy the entrance and that you've created some energy there and the couple enjoys themselves. Um, there are times where the ceremonial dances, that first dance or, 
you know, that when then the couple dances with their parents, where you can look at that mom or that dad and know that that two or three minutes they're spending dancing is so meaningful to them. And you, and you just look out and there's no other world right then. It's just that dad and her daughter, you know, I, I, I just really enjoy that. Um, but you, you just, you can't always tell. I had, I had a wedding last month and during the planning process, the bride had told me that uh, River of Dreams by Billy Joel was sort of a run-up, runner-up selection for her father-daughter dance because they always used to sing it together as a family. And I sort of tucked that information away. And then when Dan and I, and I had gotten, I, I went to their rehearsal, so I got to know the family a bit and, and her sister as well. And so at one point during the reception, uh, during dancing, I started playing it. And that's not a typical song I would play, but the reaction of the bride and her sister and her mom and her dad, they were just so excited. And they and they were just, I, I could tell they were reliving all of those moments when as the two girls had been growing up, they would have family dances to that. Like those kind of moments, you can't know that what it's going to be like, but when you are in it, it's just amazing. Can you talk about the music playing? I know when we went through our wedding planning with you, um, I don't think Dorothy ever thought that she would care as much about music selection as she ultimately ended up really caring a lot. Uh, And I think that it was really cool for us to be able to, I mean, obviously besides what we're going to walk down the aisle to, but I mean, I'm talking, you know, reception music, uh, you know, dinner music, uh, general dancing music. Um, how much do you work with your couples and how does that selection process work? Cause I know that that was kind of a fascinating as somebody that films weddings all the time and here's the exact same four songs, 98% of the time. Um, I thought it was really nice that we didn't have to worry about that. So can you talk about that? Oh yeah. I, I think one, important item to point out is that when you think about music, you normally start thinking about dance music. But really, there are hours of things that are happening before you get to dancing. And so I love eliciting from couples feedback on what they listen to and what they like and what their tastes are and trying to find spots where we can use that. So often it happens that... um, that we play things at dinner or during cocktail hour that sort of reflect their personalities, but maybe aren't quite as danceable. And then in terms of music for the ceremony, I like to start with the song that the bride is going to come down the aisle to. And then I try to, because that's such a big moment, right? And then many people have thought, about what they want playing in that moment. And then I like to think about some things that could feel connected to that as everyone else is coming down the aisle. So I back up one song and that other processional song, you know, you kind of want to match that. So if you're doing classical music for a bride to come down the aisle, you don't necessarily want to have Frank Sinatra or Tracy Chapman for the wedding party to come down the aisle. So you want to make all that feel pretty coordinated. 
And then even backing up further, what guests are going to be seated to. And so whatever a couple's taste is, I try and design something around that to be playing while all the guests are being seated. So from a guest standpoint, it seems very coordinated. Um, and in, in, in the, the specific way that I interact with couples, I actually have a website that I set up, and I think some many DJs probably do this too, um, where couples can go in and pick as much music as they want and, and designate it, must play, play if possible, do not play. And I take all that very seriously. Uh, if somebody's got a song on their must playlist that I, I don't know will achieve what they want, <laughs> um, I'll try and diplomatically share that with them. I do have some expertise as a DJ. Um, but if they want me to play it, I will play it. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, on, on the, the big planning form that I have, which goes through the whole day, not just music, I literally have taken out maybe the top 12, what I would call polarizing songs, where most people have an opinion about the Macarena or the Chicken Dance or the Electric Slide. And I've literally said, yes, you can play it. No, don't want to hear it. Maybe if somebody requests it or something like that, because I literally want to know from a couple which one's they want. And for many couples, I mean, it's it's not that common to play the chicken dance anymore at weddings, but... It should be. <laughs> I can tell you that in those weddings where a couple has wanted to play it, I, I will hit play on that song. And just as soon as the first note is out of that speaker, people are running to the dance floor. So for many families or many communities that surround a couple, that's an expectation and it's a highlight. And so I, I want to make sure that a couple gets the music that they want. I think it's important to reflect their personalities in that. Um, and then I'll give you one more piece of my philosophy. It, with regard to dancing, I love hearing from couples what they want and what they like. Um, and I will start by trying to play the most universal things early. So the Beatles, Motown, Van Morrison, things that many people know, September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, and try and just make all the guests feel included. Because at a wedding, you almost always have people of various backgrounds and age ranges. And uh, to, to, to mention a favorite of yours, um, if you break out Pitbull too early, you will find that um, it, it, it brings a reaction among a certain number of those guests. Okay, well, I guess this reception's not for us anymore. Um, and you don't want that. You want everybody to feel included. I, you, you were talking about highlight moments earlier. Um, the times when I see grandparents dancing with grandchildren gets to me every single time because it never happens other times in the world. Um, but at a wedding, that is unforgettable for both sides. Like those grandkids will always remember dancing with their grandparents um, at a wedding. And hopefully a skilled videographer will have some footage for them uh, of that moment. What I, uh, I guess what I really want to know is, uh, of those songs, you know, the Macarena, Chicken Dance, uh, what is still your favorite? Because we, I've 
200, I don't know how many weddings. Uh, Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk, my assistant Jeff, every time still taps his foot and sings along the words. And we've probably heard that song 10,000 times. So I want to know, uh, you know, gun to your head, what, 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 what could you still listen to? I don't get sick of songs, even if they are popular. And how many times did you say you've heard that one? 10,000? We've, we've heard it a lot. Uh, you know, and, and Uptown Funk is a great example. It is a great song. And it achieves a great result for my couples. People get up on the dance floor and they dance. And in most scenarios, that's what my couples want. So I'm happy. I love, uh, I, I love doing that. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to play virtually anything that works. Um, I do try to shy away a little bit from... Some of the songs like Celebration, We Are Family, Love Shack a little bit, uh, old time rock and roll that are so frequently played at weddings that it can come across as though you've got a cookie cutter wedding. Um, so in, in my case, I, I try and find some more universal things Um you know, I play some Casey in the Sunshine Band or September by Earth, Wind and Fire that are still st stuff people know, but it doesn't necessarily make you go, oh, yeah, wedding song. What would be your least favorite song? If you never, if you could never hear it again, you know, like uh, Cupid Shuffle or uh, what would be the one that you just done? Because like I like Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. I could hear that song every day for the rest of my life and never get tired of it. I, I okay, I'll admit it. Um, shots. There's there's the song because it's I have a clean version of shots, but when you play a clean version of shots, you've cut out about a third of the lyrics. Um, and did we we pl we did play that at your I'm wedding? Sure, didn't we? we did. And <laughs> and I think we played the not clean version. I'm sure, of that. we did. Um, but I would say, you know, that that's a challenge for me. I'm I'm pretty committed to obtaining edited versions of all the songs. I have two services that I subscribe to, so I get the same copies that radio stations get. Um, but uh, there there are some songs that are just by the time they're edited, it's not that song anymore. Will you talk about that briefly in terms of the music and? What the, like you said, the services that you have and what you subscribe to and how that works. I mean, like I know in terms of videography, you know, I have to pay the licensed songs to put in the wedding video. Um, I mean, can you just play anything or you, if somebody wants something, I, how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. In, in the old days, mostly DJs purchased a CD and ripped it to their computer or the old, old days they would have albums. Um, was that legal or was that just nobody yes. knew? Yeah. We, in order to be able to play music, there are very few legalities. It's usually on the venue um, to have the, the license to have commercial music played in their venue. So we don't have any additional licensing. But it's true, like you probably run into, if I ever want to post a... Uh, a, a video showing a last dance that a couple did or something like that. 
uh, YouTube will pull that down because they hear the music in it. Um, but I, I, uh, as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, now most of the music is digital. So if a couple tells me that they want something in particular, I'll go to Amazon or iTunes and just get it for them. Um, but in terms of the newer music... I have two services that really, really keep on top of all the current stuff. And then I'm able to download th those copies. One of them is once a month and the other is basically throughout the month, they'll send me an email that says two new songs are up. Um, but that's what helps me keep up to date on all the, the music and, they actually have specially edited versions of the songs that have what we call intros and outros. So they'll just be the music for about 15 seconds at the beginning and at the end, which makes it really smooth to make transitions between those two songs too, so that people aren't left on the dance floor like, oh, what's coming up next? Or you don't have that silence. You can really blend it in nicely to the next song. Um, and I guess one of the last things we'll start to kind of wrap up here, um, I want to really talk about is, uh, you know, your role during the dance. I think, you know, when we were talking about, you know, our reception and you said, you know, hey, man, um, you know, before the big dance starts, you know, you're going to go get like your last cup of water or go do whatever you need to do. Because, you know, at that point, your job and you don't know how many times I film weddings and they go to look for the DJ that, you know, either the music stopped or request a song or like maybe I need something I need, you know, and they're not there. And so talk about that and kind of your philosophy of how you important it is to kind of monitor and kind of, you know, maintain that dance floor during the reception. Sure. I, I, I love the art and science of the dance on a given event so that, you you know what a couple likes. You hear some requests. Perhaps you've even gotten guest requests in advance, but you take requests from the guests right then. And then you just look out with your eyes and see what people are responding to and what they seem to be enjoying. So I rarely go into dancing with a preconceived notion of what I'm going to do during that period. I usually will have a playlist set up for the couple to have easy access to all the songs they want. But in general, I, I look out and I, I see, and if, if people are going with Motown, then I might just drop respect or something like that. And 
I, I, I like that. So no, I, I don't leave, um, you know, actually once the first dance starts, usually, uh, I'm there and I think it's important for the DJ to set a mood too, that, that I'm trying to make sure everybody knows it's okay to let loose and enjoy yourself. So I'm kind of dancing around back there as well. Um, I will say that one of my personal philosophies is not to be one of those nag DJs. Come on, everybody. We're going to play the Macarena. Let's get out to the dance floor. Reed really wants to dance with you right now. You know, you don't want that. Like, just play good music. There's DJ tricks that you can do to help fill the dance floor. Um, but that that's sort of my philosophy is just not antagonize guests. Do you have a go-to trick? What is your go-to trick? Or, I, or is that a trade secret? Well, uh, there's a couple. I mean, a slow dance is sort of an obvious one um, because that tends to bring out a new set of people who may have been sitting on the sideline. And then you got to follow up the slow dance with a killer uh, follow-up, Uptown Funk uptown or something funk. like that. Because that will help keep them on the dance floor. Uh, sometimes, depending on the venue, um, I'll do. A, I'll try and initiate a conga line and start it with a bride because that way people will pay attention uh, to the conga line. But if if she goes around to a song uh, like Locomotion, Grand Funk Railroad was one of the three prominent artists to do that. Um, so if you do Grand Funk Railroad's version. Uh, you can have the conga line end on the dance floor and then go into something like don't stop believing or something like that. Cause then you've brought everybody back, uh, th things like that. And I will say, um, as, uh, if you were to do like an iPod thing that a lot of people talk about, that is something like, even if it sounds great, you hit play, it plays the whole way through. I mean, these are all not givens, right? I mean, the iPod could stop playing or not work or their connection. I mean, if everything goes right and you are able to do an iPod reception, um, that is not something that you can do, right? I mean, you can't read the room that I had a wedding, um, I don't know, a month or two ago. And, uh, you know, they just had a string of songs and, you know, I think we were scheduled to be there until 10 o'clock. And I mean, it was like eight and we were, you know, I mean, because, you know, people, if it's not building or going or if it's too much or, or if it's just like songs they really like to hear, like you said, that maybe that's a great song to play during your cocktail hour, but that's not a good dance song, right? I mean. Yeah. I I don't go to very many iPod weddings, so I don't have as much firsthand uh experience even as you do seeing them, but I, I'll right, share. Right, that would, <laughs> you probably don't. <laughs> no. Um, but I'll share with you that I was um, taking my kids to Golden Gardens two summers ago, and I could hear, and, and that's a place, if you've never been there, where it's a very nice little community center building, and then right outside the door is this very, very public beach. And so people are playing volleyball, and uh, they're doing beach things out there, which if you're comfortable with that contrast and you like it, it is a great spot. Um, so we were there, uh, not for the wedding, but for the beach stuff. And, um, I, I could hear the music, um, coming from the building, but almost 
everybody, all the guests were out on the beach and not as a group, but they had really dispersed quite a bit. And I was, I was listening to the music and, and I will take a backseat to nobody in terms of loving Michael Franti, but two of the three songs I heard were Michael Franti's songs, which made me think that it was just on shuffle somewhere. And so if you're going to have an iPod wedding, at least have a thought through playlist, you know? Um, and I, I hope that represented what the couple wanted. I don't know. I didn't, uh, I didn't speak to them or anything like that, but it is one of the things that an experienced DJ can bring is really the, the knowledge of all the music and what typically works well at what point in the evening and that kind of thing. Perfect. Um, is there anything else, uh, that I haven't touched on that you wanted to talk about in terms of your approach to working with couples or your philosophy, uh, in terms of kind of how you approach the day, any other well, when I was thinking, when I was coming over here, I, I was reminded of a meeting I just had this weekend uh, with a couple who's getting married in July. And it's part of what I love about this job. I love the, the events themselves, but planning can be really fun too. So at one point during their early discussions, they were saying that they liked Star Wars. Uh, and they had been listening to a bunch of different music to try and figure out things. So as we started talking about their grand entrance, um, I was like, well, what about if we play that cantina theme? And they're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And then the discussions sort of kept going to, what if we did lightsabers? And so they're going to give their wedding party lightsabers that are going to be in the, the guy's pockets for the actual entrance, but when, when the couple enters, um, they're going to come out and have maybe a standoff lightsaber battle. But then all of the wedding party is going to either form a tunnel with theirs or do some sort of uh, cute, interesting, entertaining things. And, and it's just one of those things where you brainstorm and some fun ideas come up. And then later, as we were speaking, um, we decided we were going to do this game called a shoe game where we ask people questions and they are answered with either the groom's shoe or the bride's shoe. Each member of the couple answers them that way. And so a typical question is, you know, who is more likely to eat dessert for breakfast? Um, and then everyone laughs. And yeah. It's usually, I mean, it's, it's a good moment, you know? Yeah. And one of my philosophies is make it as personal as you can. So often I will try and write questions just for that couple, what I know about them. Um, but they were pretty eager to keep it going. And they're like, well, what other games can we do? What? And I was like, well, there's a potential lip sync battle. And they're like, no, I don't think our bridesmaid, or I don't think our wedding party will really go for that. And I was like, well, could you all? And they both were like, oh yeah. Um, so during the shoe game, one of the last questions is going to be who's better at lip syncing. And then they're going to each answer themselves. And then I'm going to say, prove it. And then I'm going to hit play on a couple songs that they will have selected. But I think that's going to be a highlight moment. And it's just, it's so fun to plan, you know, help people come up with those kind of things and plan and execute them. And just something that, and you don't even, uh, 
very interesting for me when I hear you talk about things like that and how you say, you know, well, I know them, so I will write these questions. You don't know how many shoe games we do where they Google shoe game and the DJ or the MC or whoever just pulls up, you know, because it's the same. If you Google it, it's the same 20 questions, you know, who goes to the bathroom the longest or I don't know, whatever, you know, not personal things. And like you said, it's all about kind of getting that couple's personality out there for the guests. Yeah. So it just, I didn't know you were going to bring that up, but that's really interesting that they, I see that a lot. So I think that that is an excellent example of an activity where the results can be widely divergent depending on how it's orchestrated and how it's done. Um, and it is absolutely true that people who download that the questions from the internet and they just sort of ask them, that's not really going to get the results that most couples want. But in my case, um, I do try and customize the questions and I try to be really in that moment. So I'm not just focusing on what's the next question I'm going to read. But, you know, if I ask who's always running late and Dorothy puts up her shoe immediately and you're hemming and hawing, I'm totally going to call you on that. I'm going to be a uh, read. Dorothy didn't have a problem figuring that one out or something like that to just make that moment more interesting and entertaining and make it seem like you, you make it seem like the couple. Well, and it's, and just as a, as a follow-up, uh, even the anniversary dance that we did for our wedding and, you know, I, I don't really love the anniversary dance. I think you really do. And we had talked about that and you like, you know, and I think a lot of DJs do, they like to see if I'm a wedding DJ or a wedding professional and what I do is see people in love all the time, you know, it's cool to see like, oh, here's all the people five years that have been married. And for people, obviously, like anniversary dance. Well, first off, just explain what an anniversary dance is. In a good anniversary dance, you invite all of the married couples to the dance floor. And then you dismiss them based on the shortness of their wedding or their marriage. So the couple is typically the first one off. And you don't invite them to leave the dance floor. Only a stupid DJ would invite anybody to leave his dance floor. Um, so you, you, you have a spot for them. And then as you invite people who have been married one year or five years, they sort of form a semicircle. And by the end of the dance, the couple who has been married the longest is surrounded by all the other people. And yes, I'm a sucker for that moment. Well, and as we had talked about in the planning, that is not how most DJs do it, where it really is the opposite, where it's whoever's been married less than two hours. And then it's obviously it's a couple and they go, get out of here, go, you know, and everybody laughs. And I mean, it's, it's funny, right? But it's also like really weird because it's my wedding day. You know, I don't want to be shunned to the back because we just got married. Right. Or it's like the old timers club, you know, you want to be included on the dance floor. And so just, you know, as a follow up to you customizing the shoe game and just doing that first dance, I really enjoyed how we did that because having filmed a lot of those, I do not like the traditional way that it's done. And I certainly appreciated, you know, your more unique spin on it. So well, as we were talking about before, about personal moments, like it's often grandparents or great aunts or uncles or things like that. Um, and how cool is that to honor that person at your wedding? Like that's, that's awesome. 
Oh, it's crazy. I mean, the one we had on uh, Friday, I think it was two of the couples both had been like 45 years of marriage, you know, each of them. And they were, you know, because normally you get like one at the end that's, yeah. and it's spoiler alert, you know, it's usually pretty easy to tell, you know, who is going to be the last, you know, as a videographer, I can pretty hone in on like, well, yeah. these people can't really walk anymore. And then, it's, you know, they're probably going to be here near the end. But uh, that was cool because, you know, you're like, man, that's 90 years of marriage. Right. And then you do the ask him like, well, what advice do you have? And, you know, it's usually something funny, but I mean, it is a neat moment. Uh, but like I said, I just like it when the, you're able to incorporate the couple back into it, like you do with this, you know, having everybody in that semicircle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there is a moment at the end where I try and create a connection between that oldest married couple and the couple whose wedding day it is, uh, which I think is, is, uh, is often a very nice moment. Yeah. Uh, and as a funny, did you know, um, so, you know, at our wedding, it was Dorothy's parents had been, I think had been married the longest. And when you asked, uh, Lucinda, her mom, you know, what advice do you have? And they were like terrified because we hadn't told them that they were, and I was so glad we had not told them that we were going to do that because I think they, we probably just wouldn't have had an anniversary dance <laughs> if they would have known that they would have had to, because they were very terrified to do that. But it was, I can't remember what they said. I'm sure it's on the video somewhere. I could pull it up and see it. But yeah, it was just funny. Yeah. I, the range of answers is always interesting to hear. Yeah. Uh, well, Alan, it's been really fascinating. Uh, I really appreciate you coming by today. Um, if people want to know more about you or your company, uh, what should they do? That is a great question, and I very much appreciate you asking. Um, the best way for somebody to find me is to go to PugetSoundDJ.com, and all my contact information is up there. You can read all sorts of things about me. I probably have too much background and such, but... That's where it all is. But also you have a lot of good testimonials and things, I think, in terms of um, getting real client feedback, right? You think that's important to have. And, and uh, you know, that's a great topic that we didn't really chat too much about. But real quickly, I would say if you read reviews of DJs, read what they're saying and read what they're not saying. If If the review was... Bob played good music and everybody danced. That is one level of experience. But if the review is Alan was an incredible partner and he helped me plan everything out and executed the whole wedding night perfectly, that's a different level of review. And so most couples are super generous um, with their feedback. And so really all the decent wedding vendors have 4.9 star averages, but you got to read the text and you got to figure out what it is that they actually are doing uh, for their couples. That's good. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming by. Uh, this has been another episode of Get to Know Your Wedding Pro. Come back next week and check us out and we will have another interview with a wedding professional. Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.